Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode four of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our 10-minute theology series where we talk about a certain topic of theology in under or around 10 minutes. If you remember last time we were in this series, the first episode was more of an introduction. And this one, uh, this week, we are now getting into the general topic of theology proper, which is just the kind of more technical way of referring to the study of God in general. Okay, so that's going to cover various topics like the existence of God, the knowability of God, the attributes of God, all that is kind of wrapped under this theology proper kind of category here of theology. And so we're kind of kicking that off today. And so we're going to start with the existence of God. And so we have our kind of 10 minutes here to talk about the existence of God. And that's a pretty daunting task, uh, if you want to think about that. Of um, And so as preparation for this, kind of a caveat here to clarify right up front, right, is as you're going to see as I work through this, my goal is not necessarily to prove God exists, okay? I mean, this is a helpful starting point as before we jump into his attributes and all that, like, it is going to determine, like, that God exists, okay, because we don't want to waste that time if God doesn't exist kind of a thing, but the goal of this episode, this podcast here is not to prove God exists, and I'll explain kind of why that's the case as we go on here. All right. But just let me clarify that up front. If that's what you're expecting, sorry, you'll be a little disappointed. Uh, but hopefully this will still be encouraging and insightful and all that. Okay. And so to start off here, I actually want to start with talking about kind of what people have developed over time, which is these kind of natural proofs or what they call like the classical arguments for the existence of God. Uh, and so there's really four main ones here. There's uh, what we call like the cosmological argument, which is essentially rooted in this idea of cause and effect, which is that everything has to have like a cause. And so there had to be like a first cause. So like in creation, uh, things couldn't just start existing. They had to have a cause. And so God would be that first cause. And so it would be a proof for him in that way. A second classical argument is a teleological argument, which has this idea uh, is more in the the sense of like design and purpose where uh, creation or things seem to have a particular design or they have a purpose, which would then point to a designer or someone who has given them that purpose. And so there seems to be those things, elements in creation And so um, that would, again, also point to a god. And then there's third, the ontological argument, which is uh, essentially the little more abstract of a concept where, uh, like, the fact that we as humans can picture a perfect being would maybe indicate that there's a god. Okay, That, that is something we can wrap our minds around of, like, that there is a being who is perfect in every way. And then the logic would be that it would be better to exist rather than not exist, okay? And so then if we're picturing this perfect being, uh, it would be something that exists 
And so then that would be God and he would exist because that is the ultimate thing of perfection, right? Is to actually exist rather than not exist. Okay. That was a little more out, like, well, maybe harder to wrap your mind around, but I think hopefully that makes sense. And then the fourth argument is what is called the moral argument, which is essentially looking at how throughout civilizations and uh, different cultures of people, there seems to be similarities in certain views of morality. And so, for example, in like every culture, people view like murder is wrong. And so the question is, well, why is that? Why is there that common element uh, of morality found in all these different cultures? And so the idea, again, would be that there would be this source of this morality, which would be God, that he is that source of morality. He is the one uh, that all that is rooted in, okay? And so you have these different arguments that people use and um, have developed over time, and uh, but the reality is all these classical arguments have limitations, okay? They have limitations. And so really, as a, like the first limitation, right, is they aren't ironclad defenses. So even as I went through some of those, you might think, oh, those are interesting, but they're not going to like be irrefutable kind of proofs that God exists. Okay. That as you walk through those, someone is not going to be kind of, oh man, I could, I just have to believe in God now. Right. Like I have to, I have to believe there's a God because I heard these arguments. Right. So people have been developing different refutes of these, all that. Right. So, um, so there's that limitation. The other limitation is that they don't necessarily lead to the one true God. So that's pretty significant, right? Because these uh, same arguments can be used by people of other religions. They've been used uh, by pagan philosophers in the past and uh, different people like that. And so um, if anything, like, right, like you might get someone to believe like there's a God, but not necessarily the God of the Bible. Okay. And so there's that inherent limitation as well. But even though they are limited, I think it does, um, they can be useful, right? Like when you combine using them with scripture, uh, they can show kind of the logicalness or the rationality of the Christian faith, right? Like there's certain things that make sense and can, they can really be a starting point for people. But again, I don't think you can just use those, right? I think you need to incorporate scripture as well. And so that gets into kind of the main part here of when we think about the existence of God, of how do we know God exists? And I hold to kind of a, a revelation perspective, right? That we know God exists through revelation. And there's really primarily two categories of revelation that prove God exi- God's existence. And the first one is special revelation. That's what we call special revelation. And that's really the Bible, scripture, right? Scripture reveals that God exists, right? Even from the very beginning, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible does not argue for the existence of God. It just assumes it. It, it shows it. And really, all of Scripture is this revelation of God um, to us, okay? That this Scripture is the words of God, right? It's God-breathed, okay? And so it is all pointing to Him. And that might sound somewhat circular, right? Like, God exists because he says he exists kind of a thing. But again, I'll even come back to that in a moment of why that still is, that works. Okay. Uh, So that's special revelation. And then there's also what we call general revelation or natural revelation, 
which scripture also talks about, right, is that essentially through creation, God has revealed himself as well. Okay, so we see that talked about, like, for example, in Romans 1, uh, where Paul states, like, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Okay, and so uh, Paul points out the reality that it's through creation that God's existence has been made clear. And even Psalm 19 talks about that, right? Like the heavens declare the glory of God. And so creation from the created world around us, as well as creation as in people, humans, all point to the existence of God. That is what scripture affirms and that's what scripture teaches. Okay. And so there is this more uh, revelation kind of approach. And so what this means, right? And, um, and even what Romans 1 kind of starts to spell out a little bit more is, since that's the case, why do people then still reject there's a God? Because as Roman 1 talks about, people suppress the truth and unrighteousness. So Scripture's approach is not necessarily that we need to prove God exists. It assumes he exists. And Scripture teaches that everyone actually knows there's a God. Okay, that deep down, deep in their hearts, even those who claim to be atheists, know there is actually a God. That's what Romans 1 talks about. And the reality is that even though they know it, they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. Okay, so they can go wholeheartedly against it and say there's no God, all of that. But in reality, deep down, they know it's a God. And so that's where, as I think about this topic of the existence of God, and like my goal is not necessarily to prove God's existence. And even with people, I, I, I don't think my goal is to prove he exists because I just start from scripture and this presupposition that, no, like everyone knows there's a God. Everyone understands there's a God, but they just kind of suppress that truth, right? And so the reality comes in that people need God to intervene in their lives to open their eyes to the truth and reality of his existence. Okay, that's what it ultimately comes down to, right? Is God needs to work in people's lives. And when he does that, uh, the truth of his existence, the reality of his existence will be plain to them, will be clear to them. Um, but if they keep uh, kind of suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, right? Uh, then they'll never come around to that, right, in a sense. And so that's where I kind of stand with this whole the existence of God, where I just start where Scripture starts with kind of this assumption like he does exist, and we know that deep down that he does, and it's kind of like presupposition there. Okay, and so that's the starting point is knowing everyone knows this, even if they might not acknowledge it straight up, um, deep down they do. And so that's where we declare the truth of God's word and let him work in their hearts to eventually uh, bring them to this understanding of this reality, okay? And so, again, this kind of sets the stage for as we continue through uh, the existence, uh, through the theology proper, the study of this, uh, that, again, we're starting with this presupposition that God does exist because scripture talks about it, creation shows it, um, and that is all clear to those around us, all right? And so, that's going to wrap us up. I'm already, I think at 11 minutes or 11 and a half minutes, I'm already kind of a, over my 10-minute mark, but hopefully we're in the ballpark that it still falls under our 10-minute theology here. And I look forward to uh, continuing the topic of theology proper in the weeks to come, and we'll catch you next time.